0: Yeah, this is a classic. Wonder if you guys know this one? I mean, who the fighter that walks out to this song is? I'm assuming you know the song. It's a classic, as I said. A little bit of an older one, but uh, I'm 36 now, so you guys better have some old school references, otherwise you're not gonna you're not gonna appreciate the musical infusion into this show. But that's enough of that. Episode 65, of the DLSS podcast. We're back. Hope you guys are ready for a good show. We got a lot in store for you. Got a huge week going back to Fight Island starting next week. The 16th, headlined by Calvin Cater, taking on Max Holloway. If you checked out last week's episode, we did a little bit of a preview of the uh, Hooker and Chandler fight. Looked over the Neil Magny, Michael Chiesa main event on that Wednesday card. But Fight Island starts off with a bang on this Saturday, the 16th. Blessed Max Holloway taking on Calvin Cater, as I just mentioned. So... This particular episode, we're going to get straight to it. We're just going to give you guys our picks, our assessment of the card in general. Uh, it's the first first iteration of the DLSS podcast, Predictions Challenge 2021, with the new rules. Jose Nunez is on the hook. Uh, We've got a couple different new rules, like I said, that five of the night, we're going to be betting points on that, so... Without further ado, let's fucking get into this shit. This episode and everyone, in fact, brought to you by Dave DeCourcy and the DeCourcy Group. Make sure to support the people that support us by going to their website, www.thedecourcygroup.com. That's T-H-E-D-E-C-O-U-R-C-Y group.com. If you guys have any home loan needs for trying to purchase a home or take any cash out of the equity of your home, Please reach out to them. Let them know the DLSS podcast sent you, and it really does help us out a lot. Also, real quick, I wanted to mention my boy, Wes Truesda. I've been kind of talking him up the last few episodes, but, man, Sauced Meals, it's a meal prep service, freshly made, healthy-ass food. It's based out of Costa Mesa. If you use the code JAN, that's J-A-N-21, this whole month, you're going to get free delivery for the month of January. So make sure to hit him up, try out some of his delicious food, and support a small local business. But with that out of the way, let's just jump right in. The UFC, after being dark for a few weeks, is returning with a bang. It's about to get loud. The first uh, of three fight cards going off on Fight Island starting this Saturday, January 16th. The prelims start at 9 a.m., guys, so be aware of that. And then the main card starts at noon, and it's going to be our, the UFC's return to network television. It's going to be airing on ABC, so one of the six stations that you still get with bunny ears. So everyone should be able to get this one. Uh, but the, again, the, like I said, they're coming back in style with the headlining fight of Max Black. West Holloway taking on Calvin Cater, New England's cartel's own. And this is going to be exciting in the main event. It's all action. I'm very, very pumped for this fight. Uh, But the card in general has some fun fights on it that I'm excited for. Personally, like the co-main event, Carlos Condon is returning to face Matt, the immortal brown in the co-main, as I said. Santiago is coming back after a two-year hiatus, coming back trying to rehab some injuries, taking on Lee Jinglang also known as The Leech. Joaquin Buckley with that highlight reel, spinning, jumping, two-touch kick KOs, taking on Alessi DiCirico. And Puna Soriano, that... uh what is it, uh, sucker punch fighter that came off the contender series is taking on Dusko Todorovic. That's the main card guys and then the prelims on ESPN Plus have Phil Haas taking on Nasruddin Imavev and then a few other notable fighters, Carlos Felipe taking on Justin Toffa, Nick Lentz taking on Mike Grundy and a few other fights as well. So again, what uh, I talked about last year, technically, when we ended the predictions challenge, starting it off for 2021 we have some new rules. We're going to be picking some more fights, so I think we're going to do eight fights tonight and again most of them just win loss underdog points are in play and uh, we are going to do two fights the co-main and the main event where we include our method of victory and round as well so sit back relax enjoy the show this is the perfect time to reintroduce my co-host my brother from another mother main man he's back after a couple weeks dark uh back to join the show and pick some fights man i'm excited what's up nate how are you bro
1: i am doing well i am excited welcome back Thank you.
0: I know the Lake Isabella house has been popping, so you've been having to go up and back to kind of turn it over between y- guests.
1: Yeah, luckily, uh, I have a guest that's up there for the next 32 days. Oh, that's the way to do it. So I don't have to go up there. They're having a great time. I barely have to keep in touch with them. They don't <laughs> ask me a lot of questions. Nice. My, my wife made a nice little book, so all the questions that they should have are... In that book, hopefully.
0: Right. uh, No, no, I've been to like two Airbnbs, and those are always very, very helpful. That big, like, little folder when you walk in. Yeah. That's cool. She made one. I'm interested to see how it came out.
1: Yeah, it's good. So, uh, yeah, it's been like three weeks now without fights, so.
0: Yeah. um, It's been nice. I mean, I don't know exactly what I was to do with my Saturdays as far as watching, but.
1: I know. I felt like I always had something to do, like I was missing something. Yeah. But it was was nice. And and I realized it was just not having the fights. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice little break.
0: And we're going to be getting to it like every single week, like they did the last weeks, last eight weeks, I think it was before the end of the year. So it was it was good to take a breath, have a few weeks off, freshen the palate. And then let's, because we're going to be doing it week after week for now.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a busy one.
0: Starting off with three in one week.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's going to be a good fight card. Um, some really good fights, obviously. You know, like you said earlier, uh, you know, we got Halloween Cater and. And yeah, got, we got a bunch of griddle, grizzled veterans on here. Carlos Conduct versus Matt Brown—that's probably a fight you would have seen back in the early 2000s for sure. When they yeah. both up and coming. Um, Santiago, uh, you want to pronounce his last name?
0: Ponzanibio.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen him fight in a while. He was a—he was a prospect to look out for. So yeah, there's some good fights on this card, and uh, it's definitely a good welcome back fight card for sure.
0: On another day, you would have called him ponzu sauce for sure, just, oh, to, just yeah. depending on your your energy level.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm drained, man. My, I'm so drained right now.
0: I know, you've been doing He's been doing with a lot, taking care of a lot, and working, doing everything you normally do, so I feel it, brother. So thank you for being here, taking the time. I always enjoy it, and the listeners do, too, especially with your insight on fights and picks, and, you know, can't not have you here for the first pick 2021 predictions challenge with the new rules and everything. So I know. stoked to you here, man. Thank you. Awesome, yeah, of course. Uh, so speaking of which, we're going to do eight, and since there's no fights to, to kind of break down from last weekend, hopefully this is a streamlined, straight-to-the-point episode. We're going to start with the three prelim fights again, reminding you with the changes to the new rules. We're just going to do a straight win loss for all of the fights, with exception to the co-main and main event. Occasionally, might do a third one depending on who's on it, but for this card, only those two. Or we're going to go super in depth. So starting down on the prelims, we're going to do Nick the Carney Lentz versus
1: Mike Grundy. Well, hold on, because I'm looking at the UFC stats on Google, but right under it, it says top stories. Mike Grundy out. Nick Lentz now moves to UFC 257 Ooh. to face Moe Tsar Ivolev, which was his last opponent. Yeah. She lost to, got out wrestled and uh, was just a very dominant debuter. So I, I, I guess, you know, I originally would have gone, uh, towards, uh, Nick Lentz anyways, just because on stat wise, like Mike Grundy doesn't throw a lot of strikes and he absorbs a lot of strikes. So, and Mike Grundy is a uh, very well round. I'm sorry, not my, uh, Nick Lentz is very well rounded and, uh, he fought two tough opponents and looked really good. He just, you know, Oliveira and um, who else? Arnold Allen. And Arnold Allen. So, um,
0: yeah, tough matchups. I mean, I was telling you off, off air that I felt like Nick Lentz, because he's been around forever, you were talking about grizzled veterans on this card, Like, seemed like, not to be a disrespectful term, but somewhat washed out and like he was kind of getting passed up by the new uh, evolved up-and-coming game. And then he faced Maynard and then he faced... Um, what was it, Scott Holtzman, and he just looked dominant. I was like, damn, this guy's turning things around. He's going to have a second season and see, you know, how we can do, kind of revamped, old school, but trying to add a few new uh, modern wrinkles to his game. Uh, but, yeah, I, my bad. I was too busy trying to put together stuff for the episode. I, I missed it. So is, right, this, it, is it, it a like, COVID it, test or is it a – either yeah. way. So Grundy's out. Nick Lentz moves to, the following Saturday. UFC 257 to face Grundy's previous opponent, and yeah, he lost it, to it, Mavzar Evalev.
1: Yeah, it's a COVID positive to COVID-19
0: got it all right well they did say that they even upped the, res- the whole screening process in this uh, was it now third stint at Fight Island where you have to take tests 10 days out before you even travel to Vegas to then fly to Abu Dhabi so um, Abu Dhabi you know, notoriously even better than um, the Apex and fights don't seem to fall out as much at Fight Island and I guess this is one of those rare cases where they do but Evalev out Lentz moving to the following Saturday I'm sorry Grundy out Lentz to face Erivelov on the following Saturday. I'm sure Lentz is stoked about that cuz now he's on the UFC pay-per-view with Conor McGregor. Oh yeah. So he's stoked, more exposure there.
1: Yeah, but he already signed. Yeah, more exposure, but he already signed the contract. Oh yeah. So Money-wise no beat, big deal,
0: beat, but yeah. exposure eyeballs unless he gets his ass beat by Erivelov, then it's worse. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's Either way, true.
0: higher profile uh card so you got to be happy with that and then so i guess we're only going to do 7 this week because i'm not going to add any to it for for the most part we're yeah. going with the
1: ones we have somewhat familiarity with so that just takes us to our second prelim Felipe Justin Taffa which is actually was supposed to be right after this fight so that's that heavyweight got it uh so that should be a banger i mean Carlos Felipe is 9 and 1 Justin Taffa's 4 and 1 uh Justin Taffa i mean uh he's a big heavyweight man he cuts down to 264 Carlos Felipe's uh, 245. Uh, they're both exactly six feet. So it really shows you just the, the weight that Tafa has on him. Yeah. Um, if we were to look at Tafa stats, like the Tafa's got a win over Adams and then a loss over decastro De Castro uh Castro. Oh, and then, well, some similarities here And Carlos Filippo just has a recent win over De Castro and a loss of Spivak. Uh, Spivak is also a very, very savage heavyweight right now in the division. Someone to definitely look out for. Um, you know, strikes landing per minute for these fighters on paper. They're both very um, t- close, 4.07 to 3.86, uh, Justin Taffa. Um, man, I really just think that Taffa's got some, some spunk and some potential. I mean, he reminds me of like uh, like a Mark Hunt or a uh, – what's the other guy who's had – who had some good – There's a few guys somewhere. from what's, that area. But not the- Taffa, but what's the other guy, the heavyweight that trains with Mark Hunt? Um why am I having such a hard time putting it on it? I know. Talifi? I, can, uh, I can
0: visualize him right now. Tuavesa. Tuavesa. to Tuavesa. To to oh, there you go. The yeah. shoey.
1: Yeah. So um, uh, for this fight, you know what, though? I'm going to say Justin Taffa is going to take it. I think Justin Taffa is, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say he's going to come back on this one. Justin Taffa is going to take it, I think. I think he'll probably win. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be one of those heavyweight fights where we see goes to decision. But I, I think Justin Taffa will... Uh, Put some things together and hopefully take it. Obviously, Carlos Felipe has, uh, more experience, a little bit more, but, uh, Justin Taffa took his first loss, and I think he's going to have to come back and prove something. I think he's going to fight really good.
0: Yeah, I think the Justin Taffa kind of gave me the wrong first impression, and it was on that, I think UFC 243, when it was in, uh, uh, was it either Auckland New Zealand? They're going to kill me if any of our listeners are from over there, but it was the one where Israel Adesanya faced Robert Whitaker, and there was 56,000 fans in the jug. It was Marvel Stadium, at least I know I'm getting that part right. And uh, Taffa was his UFC debut, and I, I think he was just overwhelmed by the experience, mm-hmm. and he waded in, and DeCastro, check-hooked him, and just sit him to oh, sleep yeah, face planted yeah. him right so I in his second fight in the UFC um, top of that is he came back and had a, a win over um, Adams uh, I think that's Juan Adams so I think I maybe got the wrong first impression of him and so it's kind of like if he fights like he did against De Castro, I think he loses this fight. If he fights like he did against Adam, I think he has a good chance to win this fight. So um, we don't really need method of victory, but I, I'm with you that heavyweight fights are either kind of someone goes down, you know, explosively early, early or it goes to a kind of like a heavy breathing, uh, unexciting third round, <laughs> but uh, um, not needed. But I agree with you. I'm going to I'm going to go with tough. And I think you're right. I think it's probably going to go to decision, but we'll see. I hope so. Well, it's just, it's at the it's at Fight Island, so it's not the apex. I'm it's not going to be small. Is
1: he the underdog here, real quick?
0: Oh, you could definitely I'm take assuming, a look I'm at assuming that. I'm
1: assuming he's the underdog. Oh, yeah. 265 to 190. Yeah, so he's, I'm sorry, 165 to 190. Yeah, so he is uh, definitely the underdog, 165. So I couldn't I
0: couldn't uh, handicap that fight very well then, because I I don't know who I would have thought. I, I didn't know who to expect as the underdog in favor when I checked I, the I odds I think it's,
1: they're probably basing it off the fact that uh, Felipe beat... Oh, the gotcha! Yeah, the MMA math then, there a and little then, bit, and not just that, but the experience, sure. Too, he's yeah. got more fights. All right. Yeah, so I think that's what it goes down to. But uh, you want to take us into the next one?
0: Yeah. So the last prelim fight that we're going to do is let's see. Let me pull over this.
1: It's, uh, Philip Haas, right?
0: Oh yeah, Phil Hawes versus
1: Radin Emavev. This should be quite an interesting fight, um, just based on you know the history of these guys, not towards each other, but. Um, Phil Haas uh, has had three fights with the UFC technically, but you really have to dig for his last two wins, or not his last win, but his last two wins before that because those two fights and his two wins were on the contender series. But Phil Haas' last win that was with the UFC, officially UFC Fight Night, 18-second knockout, first round against uh, Jacob Malkoon. Malcown, I would. I, I think you had it. I think I had it right. Yeah. Who's four and one? Not a whole, Not a lot of experience, but um, you know, was pro- undefeated until then, um, and uh, you know, and then you have his opponent. Um, How do you say his yeah. Latin? In, uh, Imavev, I think. Yeah. Um. He only has one fight in the UFC. Uh. He's probably. Uh, on stat wise, he's probably a little more grappler heavy in this fight. He, he I mean, the one fight he has is
0: it was against deci- the debuter, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was decision. Um, uh but you know what, Phil Haas seems like a, a force to be reckoned with. I haven't seen him much, but based on his record and and his growth, he's getting early knockouts. The guy packs par, but you know they got both similar records. They both have the same amount of experience. I think uh, Imovov would be he's probably going to be tougher than obviously his. Phil Haas' last couple opponents. And uh, I think, though, Phil Haas is probably going to uh, probably finish it within the second round. So I think the first two rounds. But I think Phil Haas is going to take it probably, yeah. probably by KO. But I'm going to say Phil Haas is going to get the win here.
0: Okay. And then I checked the odds earlier. He is a favorite, not a huge one, minus 164 to uh, Imov's plus 125, minus 145 rather. So it's not a huge spread, but I mean, I think there's two things that stand out to me in this. The stats-wise, I pointed out earlier, Phil has only has uh, three minutes average fight time because Dana White contender series fights, both one ended of the first round, one ended in the second round, and then his 18 seconds, like you just mentioned on his UFC debut. And then Imovev has one fight in the UFC, which went to decision, so he has 15 minutes uh, average fight time. So it's kind of hard to derive a lot from that, but it does stand out to me and it does kind of lead into the narrative that at least that I feel like the UFC is trying to paint me as a fan um, in terms of Phil Haas. Big powerhouse, big puncher just going to come in and kind of you know, overwhelm his opponent and, and, and put him out of there. I mean, in three fights, he's lost one with inside the decision, and then he's beat both of his other opponents in the first round with KO. So I think they're trying to showcase the power and the explosivity of Phil Haas in this case, hopefully get him a little bit of pop and exposure. But it's just kind of tough for me to be confident because I don't know much about Imavev, same. like you were yeah, saying. Same. There's not a whole lot out there on him. So um, I, I mean- am...
1: We could deep dive and watch all his fights sure. somewhere, but, you know, I mean... But I'm going to drink the
0: Kool-Aid. I'm going to take the UFC's word for it in this case because it does look like to me that they're matching up Haas to go out there and have some sort of, you know, highlight reel finish in, so, in some case. Yeah. But, anyways, shortens to the point because we don't need to go too deep on these. I agree with you. Phil Haas, I think, is going to come away with the win. Yeah,
1: I want to say something to the to sure. the fans watching the show real quick. What, just one thing that, you know, you should watch out for is that you got to think in this decision when you got a guy finishing fights early... Uh, in a in a hard hard fight like that, you know, if he gets taken into deep waters, even in, oh, it's only even though it's only three rounds, uh, that's yep. the only thing I think in this fight we're gonna have to watch out for is if um, Imovev or Im- if if I butcher your name, I'm sorry, dude. Um, if he can get past the second or third round and he's still fresh and uh, homeboy can't swing anymore because he's been trying to knock his head off. That's usually what we see with these yep. power punches that haven't gotten used to going the distance or can't gauge. Their tempo early in the round or mid round, so that's the only thing I think w- that could be potentially become a threat is hundred percent. If this guy, because we don't know much about him, but if, if he just could,
0: grinds it out and waits for him to get tired and is fresh in the third round, like you d- said, his stats more lean towards kind of a heavy grappling s- skill set. So yeah, and Phil if, Haas doesn't knock your ass out; and, he's and, sleepy. Yeah, or and tired. Last, <laughs> and, it,
1: and as we don't know his, how tough his last opponent was, his last opponent was a debuter, and debuters he could have been fighting his toughest fight. Yep. and that's why he went to decision. So, yeah. uh, homeboy. Uh, Imovev, who just went to decision, might might be a really really tough fighter, and uh, and getting decision might be unusual for him. And if he got there, uh, then maybe he fought a really tough opponent. So yeah, uh, we can't underestimate him either. So um yeah, you know. so
0: if it gets late, goes late, if, uh, pay attention for that kind of momentum shift. Yeah. You can see it a lot of times mid second round, seven and a half minute mark. Yeah, sometimes still can't
1: do it. He might start to gas a little bit, and and you never you know at 185. You know, you can go down it just as easy. Oh, he's
0: awesome. big. I mean, like I said, the, the, he's a powerhouse. They're trying to uh, market him as this this kind of marauder, going in and just kind of break your arms off and beat you to death with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, so those yeah. kind of body types, um, they do require a lot of energy and a lot of oxygen because those muscles. So, if you like you said, if he if he kind of drinks his own Kool Aid, it's like okay, the UFC wants me to go out there and get a highlight, it and then could backfire. Sh- that could backfire.
1: You still got to be smart. The famous
0: know? words from Mike Tyson: If you search for the knockout, you will not win a decision. Yep. So, and that takes us to the main card. Puna Soriano, and yeah, see Puna Le Soriano, I'm glad I did this one for you, and versus Dusko Todorovic, 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 I don't know, you tell me.
1: <laughs> don't ask me, bro. <laughs> you know, looking at these guys' records, they're both undefeated, uh, Todorovic is 10-0, and 0, and then Soriano is 7-0, and ah uh, man, they both are so close on paper, both have two wins, both have one win via T- TKO and one win decision. The biggest difference I see here, obviously, well, there's two There's two differences when picking. The first thing you want to see is the guy who's got more experience would be Todorovic, all right? But what I'm noticing is that Soriano has actually, uh, gra- he's got grappling. He's got great grappling offense, right? Um, in one of his fights, he had he has a takedown in, you know, in both of his fights, one in his, his last fight, and then three in the fight prior to that. Um... Uh, Todorovic's more of uh a, a stand-up guy. He he does have one takedown in his last fight against Daquan Townsend, um, but he and also uh Soriano has earlier uh KOs and uh Todorovic is getting KOs in the second round, so maybe he's a little bit of a slow starter or he's patient. Um, but my heart's really leading towards Soriano here. I think that he has a little bit more uh in his cookbook to uh, put the recipe together, man. I think he nice. had... That was smooth. Right? That was smooth. I like that. That
0: was a great reference right there.
1: Yeah. I just think that uh, Soriano, man, even though he's not as experienced, he's not as tall, um, slight uh, reach disadvantage by two, well, one and a half inches. Yeah. But, uh, you know, overall, there's it's so close on paper, but when I look at the the, the prior uh, wins and how they're performing, uh, Soriano has the potential to finish it a little bit earlier, which means he's just as powerful. Uh, and uh I think he has the recipe to mix it up. Clearly he mixes it up very well. So I think if Todorovic is an issue with the range or reach or he, like in the last fight of Todoric, we saw in, on stats that he had in this decision fight, he had both h- him and his opponent over a hundred strikes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of output for three for, for heavy guys at uh one eighty five for three three rounds. So but overall I think uh Soriano's gonna win. I think it'll be a really close fight, but I you know, if I were to pick I'm not gonna pick obviously not a method, but I you can if up. you want, but it won't yeah, get it you won't. won't it won't count, yeah. but, you know, he'll, I think uh, he'll probably win decision here, and I think he'll probably win it by being able to just be able to mix up his grappling, get a few takedowns, and really keep Tordic, uh away from scoring too many points and and striking.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think the X factor is the fact that he has uh, the ability to mix it up. If, like, for some reason he gets into a situation on the feet that he's not comfortable with, he has the ability to to hopefully take it to the mat and even just uh, kind of, like, stalemate the position just to kind of, you know, mix up the fight. And we've seen that before when there's a a close fight. It's relatively even on strikes. If one out of the two people mixes up a few takedowns, even if they don't do much with it, it does show a a more diverse skill set and that you're at least able and capable of taking the fights into different areas. So um, I the height advantage is, is significant to me, even though it's not by too much. But the height and reach advantage, I've seen Puna um, have trouble getting on the inside. He is good and, and has a lot of power with his boxing. But if he's unable to get inside and someone has a good kind of spearing outside distance-keeping jab, I think that can get to him. But uh, I, I'm a big fan of Brian Butler and Sucker Punch, so I'm going to go with Soriano uh, as well. I think Puna gets the job done. But I think it's going to be like volume versus power. And then, like you said, him mixing it up with a couple takedowns here and there. Yeah, and one thing I And he's the underdog, so he's definitely yeah, worth the extra point yeah, there. Yeah,
1: and I wanted to say, like, yeah, he has he has a little bit of trouble getting inside, but he's 7-0, and so he gets the job done regardless. True. So he, he can make the proper adjustments, but obviously his opponent's 10-0 too. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. If he can't get inside, if he can gauge at least, if he can't, you know. He can
0: get a hold of a it, leg, maybe a single and shoot. There you go. Yeah, you yeah, know that's that's what I mean?
1: why it's good to have that wrestling background, yeah. especially if you're having a hard time with uh, finding your range and getting touch on the outside. Exactly. If you can just kind of time your takedowns. At down. least
0: something else to go towards or to try. Exactly, super <laughs> yeah.
1: Fortnite because it's a uh, mixed martial arts. Absolutely. So
0: all right, well that's that for that one. We're gonna move up the card quickly, just because I said I like this. Just win loss picks gives us a little bit of a deep dive on the main ones, but we're keeping it short and sweet. The next one: Joaquin Buckley versus Alessio Decherico.
1: Why don't, why don't you tell us who Joaquin Buckley is, if uh, the world has forgotten? I know it's... I, I it's, did it in the, the
0: setup as well, but he was the one that over Impakasanga and I got that held leg kind of two-touch spinning KO, uh, the fi- the KO of the year on most uh, MMA outlets, media outlets this last year. And uh, he's... But although he does have a loss to our boy Kevin Holland, he got KO'd himself. So it, it just goes to show you that if you get back out there and you uh, kind of change people's minds or, or get something else it's like what have you done for me lately so he's kind of wiped away that loss and definitely ended the year on a high note Joaquin Buckley staying busy coming back at the first card of the year versus Alessandro DiCerico Manzo is DiCerico's nickname I've seen him fight a couple times but he is coming off a three fight losing streak he fought Zach Cummings back in uh, August of 2020 and lost he bought, uh, fought Mahmoud Murdov in 2019 and lost and he also lost to Kevin Holland himself so it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of turn things around mm. in this one.
1: I don't know, man. Three losses like that this early <sighs> in your career, that's not looking good, man. He's got skills. He's physically,
0: uh, he's definitely talented, but um, he just—I don't know, man. Look at this, this is his UFC um, debut. This is the entire UFC um, roster. De- it's,
1: I mean, his debut, he lost a decision.
0: Bohan Velkovic, never heard of him. Gareth McClellan, <laughs> I have heard of him, but not very much. Eric Spicely, if you guys know who that is, he lost to Eric Spicely, which is not very good. Uh, <laughs> Alawag Al- Bangbose, can't you know? Can't sneeze at that one. That guy's a fucking killer. Tim- Timbuktu, I don't. Uh, know. I don't even know these guys. A lot of the guys that he lost to until. The last three losing streak, I don't know much you about. You know,
1: this looks like a setup for uh, Jaquan Buckley. That's Jaquan. What it looks like. <laughs> I should have said that's who he is. That's right. Jaquen. <coughs> Jaquen <Buckley. laughs> Jaquan. Jaquan Buckley. Jaquan. Joquin. Quinn. <laughs> Jo- Joaquin. Jo- 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 Joaquin. Ja know, go- I'm huh. just gonna keep it simple. I think, uh, I'm gonna, but but this guy's making it to decisions a lot, so I'm gonna say uh, Jacqueline Buckley wins by like a dominating performance. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give the win to Jacqueline Buckley. I can't based off this. Jacqueline is there an L in there now too? Joaquin Buckley. <laughs> it's Joaquin. Joaquin. It's
0: Buckley. like Joaquin Phoenix, but Joaquin. It sounds like he's French when you say it that way. I kind of like I mean, that. Joaquin. I think also we'll get the win. And this yeah. one, no method, no round, nothing like that. Uh, I know if if you're paying attention this particular – I mean, we're going with a lot of the same picks here. I do apologize, but I'm not going to go with an underdog just to be different if I think – you know what I'm saying? like, I'm, I'm mean, obviously going to go with who I think is going to win. Yeah, and I think then, that's
1: the biggest change we have to make this year. And also – Until we start. Getting up there. Yeah. If there's a big lead, then we can start taking some. That's why some fight moves. of the
0: night bet, which you are we're gonna be doing later, and then also the total for the win loss on the entire night gets you an extra point too. So it's a few interesting ways that we're gonna be mixing it up. So yeah, uh, no big deal there. But yeah, walking Buckley, I also think's gonna get the job done against Alessi Decherico. Moving on up the card, next one Santiago Ponsanibio. Ponsu sauce versus Ling Jinglang, aka the Lingling,
1: Lingling Stumbling. So you can get him at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Oh man, it's I'm actually excited to see Santiago come back. Um, you know, it's been a while since he has been in the UC since 2018. He's actually got an astounding record, 28 and three. Um, you know, I mean, and this guy is fun to watch. Um, he's you know battled a lot of things from like blood infections to other infections to a serious knee injury, but it didn't need surgery. Uh, from one of the articles that already might have had surgery. I mean, as an athlete, it's probably, you know, you never know what route they're going to go. If surgery is an option to make it better and avoid it tearing completely, then who knows? Um, but I'm glad that he is coming back and fighting. Um, he's first personally... Li Jing, Jing Lang. Nailed it. Uh, did I? Yeah. Well, that one's pretty easy. Yeah, Jing it Liang.
0: It, it's, it looks worse than it is. <laughs>
1: Um, but, you know, so there's some, for me, when I look at the record, there is some similar factors for the last fights for each of these, uh, Jing Lang fought Magni and lost, and the last fight for Santiago was against Magni and won, but, you know, I'd have to look how recent, because Magni's been on a tear, so, um, is it
0: 2018? Like you mentioned, that's the last time he's fought in the O.C. In 2018, it was that win over Magny. And so, and this, then Jingling Lang lost to Magny recently. Recently, yeah. and,
1: and Magny has improved dramatically, so it could have been a totally different Magny, and that Magny could have totally beaten Santiago. So we never know. Anyways, but based on the five, what is it? Can you scroll down real quick for me? I believe it's a five fight win streak. One, two, three, four, five. Win over Perry. Win over Nelson. Talib. Win over Cummings. Win over Magny. You know what? It's going to be hard for me to go against uh, Santiago here. I'm going to say Santiago takes the win, man.
0: Um, yeah. I think Nibio is uh, one of those fighters, like, I don't want to call him Dark Horse, but because, like you said, he's not that active. Even before uh, 2018 when he came off injury, he's coming back from injury and, and sickness. He's not the most active, but... Um, given his record and who he's beat, like you said, his resume, like a lot of people were thinking before 2018 that he he was going to be be up there, be a a potential title shot very soon coming if he continues on the same trajectory. So it kind of took him off that, uh, you know, train off the tracks a little bit. So hopefully he can kind of, you know, come back as if nothing happened and just continue on and and hopefully be given a a get earned rather than given a title shot in the next couple fights here. But Jingling Lang, I think, is mostly very dangerous early on in the fight. He's super explosive. He's willing to go for it. And that's why he's in some of these like super exciting fight of the night type fights um, Win or lose he's exciting. And I, and that's one of the reasons I like to, I enjoy to watch him. But I think that might not work in his favor uh, with that two years off with Ponzinibbio if he's decided to come back. I don't assume in the middle of a pandemic that he's doing it like for money, really, or anything other than the fact that he's probably back to good health. He's probably feeling good. He's he's training well in the gym. Itching, yeah. So if that power and that explosivity, with maybe a good for him two years off, um, injury and you know blood infection notwithstanding, if he's coming in and if he's in the tip top. Nibio's shape, I think that, you know, kind of um, reckless abandon that Jingling Lang brings to the table is going to just make this fight that much more exciting and somewhat of a coin flip, but I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going to go with Nibio in this one. The main thing I'm worried about or like going to be looking for is to see if he's got any sort of ring rust. I mean, Dominic Cruz and a couple other people, I, I guess, aren't really affected by it, they say, and and you've actually seen it happen in practice where they go out there after a long layoff and they do great. But I think most people are affected by it. So 2 years off it'll be interesting to see if he can get his timing right away or or if it's going to take him a little bit of time to to get his timing and distance down.
1: Yeah, but overall I I think his experience uh I I just see that uh I think the momentum is going to be definitely towards uh San Diego. Maybe Lang rushes him earlier and he's just and gets clipped. Yeah, Blink. you never know. Hey man, this you know, San Diego's got 16 TKO's on his record, man. And that's a that's a lot of TKOs, man. He's only twenty eight and three, man.
0: Couple explosive Jeez. welterweights, man. All right. Well, we're moving up the card. Now we're starting to get into the thick of it. The co man event, Carlos Condit taking on Matt Brown, the natural born killer versus the immortal. So how does that work? Natural born killer, but you who can't be, be killed. Who, He's who, immortal.
1: Who, who be yeah. So that, <laughs> Is that, that our the, answer the, for us. The immortal right wins, bro. So, all right,
0: Matt Brown wins. We both go with Brown.
1: <laughs> no, I I don't go with I Brown. go
0: with Matt Brown by immortality.
1: Yes. Oh man, that's that's funny. Who does win?
0: Look at Carlos Condit's record: 31-13 versus Matt Brown, twenty-four and seventeen. They got a lot of fights between these guys.
1: You know, it's it's gonna be hard to pick because Carlos Condit, man, he's just. Uh, it can, let's go look at Carlos Condit for a second. He just hasn't had the best comeback in in my opinion. He's just it, if we scroll down. Obviously, I say scroll down, guys. Run a page. Yeah, he, scroll down, guys. He does have a win over McKee. But, I mean, lost to Maya, lost to Manny, lost to Oliveira. I mean, lost to Chiesa. All these guys. So killers. All killers. Don't get me wrong. So, and then you go on the other side over here, uh, and then Matt Brown has lost to Beza. Uh, Went over Saunders. Uh, Went over Sanchez. Lost to Cerrone. Lost to Ellenberger. But mortal Matt Brown has fought all killers, too. Um, but the thing is, I just... <sighs> Whenever I see Matt Brown fight, though, like in all his fights, even though he is he, he he's binking people up, man. He's he's doing good till he either gets caught in something, unfortunately. But he brings it, man. And Carlos Condit does too. Uh, but,
0: yeah, I don't know how to go with it, which but way like to But like this. like with the,
1: the fight with Matt, and he Condit got took him down quick, and tapped out quick. Same with Maya. Uh, um, you know what? But. Uh, what's the age here uh, of these two guys? I want to see what their age is real quick.
0: 81, 84. So my boy Condit, same age as me. He's 36, and then that makes three more. So 39 to 36.
1: You know what? When it A couple to that, oldies dude, for the,
0: what is this, welterweight? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what? I'm going to keep it real simple and sweet here. Um, I'm going to assume Matt Brown is... The underdog. Can you check for me? Let's double let's check. see who the underdog yeah. here is. Um, Matt Brown's probably it's probably to be very close, but Matt Brown's gonna be probably a slight underdog. Yep. But yeah. Slight. It's pretty close. 116 and 140, But Matt Brown. Hey. Um, I think Carlos Condit is a little younger. He still has kind of something to prove. He and all the people he has lost are like top in the division. Every name I mentioned right now, it's like all close contenders. Like Magny and Kiesa are both like close to getting a. They're they're on track for gold, you know, um, and Maya's is an absolute killer. And he fought Maya during I would say Maya's prime. So I'm going to say Carlos Condit
0: decision. I have a I'm a tough time with this one because I I mean, I'm fans of unanimous both of decision. Oh, that doesn't matter. OK, Carlos so.
1: C- Condit decision. I, so. I just don't. I, I know I don't get any extra points for saying decision. This, so this year, you get
0: one point for the if it's a decision, regardless if it's a split or unanimous, you get one point if you say if you go with decision. If you decide to take a gamble and say split decision is your choice and it goes unanimous, then you don't get any points. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's a, but you would get two points if you're correct.
1: I, you. I I'm I'm gonna stick with Carlos Condit. Uh, you
0: You're need, just saying decision.
1: Just say, yeah, decision.
0: Okay. Uh, I have a tough time picking this one because I think Matt Brown is a little bit fresher. If you look at the last two opponents that they've faced, um, McGee is is great. I love Court McGee. He's uh, very durable, and he's he's always coming forward, and he's a good opponent. He's no slouch. But Baeza, the guy Matt Brown faced, uh, was is a killer, and he's coming up. He's fresh, and I think he's got a high, a high ceiling in the UFC coming in uh, and taking out Matt Brown. And Matt Brown wasn't doing too bad in that first round against Baeza before. He ultimately did get knocked out. So, I mean, I guess you can't say too much about his success in that fight. However, I think Matt Brown does have the ability sometimes to just kind of uh, go the route of... uh, of what he needs to do to win, not not trying to like, okay, stand and bang. No, if, if I'm getting beat up on the feet, he, like we were talking about earlier, maybe with Puna, he has the ability to switch up the game, maybe just take it to the ground, some annoying ground and pound shots, heavy wrestling pressure, just doing just enough, moving around um, to potentially grind out a decision. I think he's got that ability. So does Carlos Condit. Carlos Condit has more uh, grappling uh, I think he's okay and he's got good jiu-jitsu uh, like abilities but I just don't see him exercise him too much in the octagon obviously I haven't seen him fight very much in what the I'm last few years but, is, but he's just... good off his back Carlos Condon's good yeah. off his back as far as throwing up subs and hasn't having good active hips I just think that Matt Brown could potentially slow this fight down and just grind out a decision. Ultimately, I'm going to go with Carlos Condon, though, as well. And in this particular case, I'm going to go with a third-round TKO. I think if Carlos Condon is having enough success to not be taken down and not having to just keep standing back up and working those sequences and and kind of getting smothered on the fence where he's not able to get his offense off, that's another way Matt could maybe grind out a decision. (coughs) Pardon me, Uh, but if... Carlos is having enough success to where that's not the tenor of the fight and Matt's not able to do that throughout the fight, then I feel like he's going to be landing here and there with some nif- significant power and maybe <laughs> in the third round could hurt him enough to put him away. That's that's the way I'm going for now. So I'm going to go Carlos Conant with a third round TKO. All
1: right, well, then I guess you got to take us into... Uh Probably one of the most exciting main events that we're ever going to watch.
0: Dude, this is fireworks, guys. Max Blessed Holloway versus Calvin Cater.
1: I got to throw in a chow for this one. The New
0: England Cartels Cater is coming off of a victory over Dan Ige and a, I mean, pretty much, I mean, I'm, I am I have a lot of respect for Dan Ige and think he's a hell of a fighter. And Calvin Cater for the most part, made that shit look easy. Like, he put uh, a whooping on on Dan Ige in their last five-round fight. He's now had a main event experience. He he did well cardio-wise. That was a pretty high-paced fight. So, I think he's got championship potential, and this is the right time to be facing Max Holloway, who's coming off those two losses against Volkanovski. I personally believe he... 100% won the second one, but not here nor there. Point being as far as like skill level, talent-wise, where these guys fall in terms of the division. I don't think Calvin's outmatched. I think he deserves to be up there in the elite, that top three. And we're really going to see who's the better man, who's the one that uh, should be rightfully on the path to go ahead and face Volkanovski or whoever has got the title when they get there. But this is a crossroads fight for both guys, up and down.
1: Yeah. I think a good way to start off this fight Let's let's look at the odds. Let's see what the world has to say. What is Vegas? About how close this, this fight's gonna be here. Oh, Calvin Cater is actually an underdog. Plus
0: 135 versus Max Holloway, minus 155. Wow. I, 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 I thought it was going to be closer. I agree with this, though. This is still pretty damn close. Max Based Holloway. Based on Max Holloway's experience and resume. Yeah, and, uh, yeah and for the sure. People he've just, he's destroyed has a much higher resume as far as people he's put away than Calvin Cater, although Cater is you know making it look easy. And I personally think that if there was five rounds in that Zabit Magalman Puff, that was... A tough one you try so, sorry about that better than i would have uh, if if there was five rounds in that fight i think cater would have won that fight as well so he would essentially be on what like a five six fight winning streak essentially so momentum is all in calvin's favor mm-hmm. we got two losses for max holloway we did see a little bit of a mix-up and change of style in his second fight against uh, volkanovsky so i'm just ultimately bottom line just really excited as a fan to just sit back and watch this fight play out
1: did you uh <laughs> Did you hear about the record that Max Holloway set for absorbing the most head strikes?
0: Oh, absorbing, too? Yeah. Jesus. Like he, I know he, he set
1: one against Brian Ortega. But he's absorbed, like, the most head strikes oh. in the division and not been knocked down. Oh, like, damn. They're, like, like 640 some head strikes, like significant that, head strikes.
0: I know that Calvin's never been knocked down in his career, either.
1: Yeah, I just it. Just I'm just saying, like Max Holloway's got a chin. Even Dustin Poirier is like, bro, you can take it, bro. It's for sure. But you can only take it for so long. Um, True. This Calvin Cater kind of reminds me of like a Dustin Poirier. You know, with just has that power potential, has crisp boxing, and I feel like he's like, like how Dustin Poirier is today. He's much more reserved. He's patient. Um, he picks his shots. He's very, very accurate. Could we see another uh, edged-out decision from Calvin Cater? I don't see him finishing Holloway. I think Holloway's tough, unless Holloway's chin is actually coming to a halt here. Um, I don't know how Cater's going to deal with the pace. I don't know what kind of pace Max is going to set up. I think Max, um, pardon me, I think Max Holloway is going to uh, have a little more free range to throw more kicks here. It's not Volkanovski. I think he's going to he's going to feel comfortable throwing a lot more weapons. I think with him being able to throw more weapons like kicks and and mixing it up more. Yeah, definitely
0: don't feel like he's going to be worried too much about the takedown from Cater. And I
1: think that's going to play in the favor of Max's game here, especially with that output. But, I mean, if Calvin Cater can time those kicks, start landing good right hands or mixing it up, man, this is such a close fight. But me, personally, I thought about this earlier. I was already thinking about it while we're talking, and I think Max Holloway is going to come back. I think he's going to come back. I think he's going to come back, and I think he's going to – I just had this vision in my head where Max is like, I ain't going nowhere, baby. I'm still here. And I pictured that, and I pictured him like, all oh, like beat up. Like his post-fight interview. Yeah, but yeah. I, I pictured – I just pictured it, and I'm going to go with my vision here. I think Max is going to be – I think it's going to be fight of the night, so I'm calling fight of the night, and I think it's going to go all five rounds. And I think it's going to be – and I'm going to risk two points. I'm choosing two points. All two right? points for your fight of the night pick? Two, two points. Okay. Okay, because – uh, we picked pretty much all the same fights, so if you, if you if 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 I'm wrong, then I'm 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 only down you're, two points, oh, pretty much. That makes sense. So, um, potentially depends on how uh, you don't know the how Santiago I'm fight goes. You don't know and how I'm gonna go in the main event. I either, don't. I, I think you're gonna go Cater. That's what I think. I think you're gonna go Cater, and I think you're gonna go decision with Cater. I think. I think well, that don't,
0: don't guess my pick. Give us your pick.
1: <laughs> I, uh, Max Holloway, uh, d- unanimous decision. Decision.
0: Fuck. Okay. So basically that last little rattle off you did where you said, I'm gonna go this and I'm and I think it's gonna be fight of the night and then it's gonna go five rounds and then I'm gonna risk two points. I mean, you literally were speaking my fucking thoughts from earlier too. With the exact <laughs> same fighter. And I'm and I'm scared. I, I think this fight comes down to the power versus volume and and Max has got a little bit more MMA footwork, but uh Cater, in my opinion, has some of the if not the best boxing in the division and or in the UFC. and, accuracy. Oh, and the it's Chris. And he's got power. We saw Rob Font's power taking out um what was it, Marlon Moraes recently too. And uh these guys trained together and I think Calvin Cater's ultimately got probably some of the best boxing in MMA. And I'm and I'm just concerned that because even in that Dustin Poirier fight with Max, he got rocked a few times. You saw a super wide-eyed Max Holloway. Like, although he didn't wobble, he didn't go down, he kept his composure and was able to move. You saw, I mean, he's always wide-eyed, to be honest. He's from Waianae, and he's wide-eyed. But <laughs> my point is, is you could tell, like, they rocked him. And I feel like that if Cater can time it well enough, because Max does kind of like to come on with those tip-tap popping shots, he switches stances mid-combination, and he tries to work you. So, yeah, if Cater catches him with something extremely hard, he might really, really hurt Max. And I wanted to say that that's more of a credit, to my opinion, uh, Cater's boxing and his power than it is to Max's chin being washed. That's just my opinion. Although you're right, Max has sustained a lot of damage over the course of his career, but he's always worn it so well. But I think this fight comes down to uh, volume versus power if you, like, simplistically look at it. And I think Cater could potentially really hurt Max at some point during the fight, which would then, you know, maybe take all of what you just envisioned and I also think could potentially happen and throw it out the window because Max Holloway, as we all know, is a is a steam engine. He slowly builds. He's got more volume and more accuracy every single round, and by the end of it, you know, the Brian Ortega fight as well, he was, he's landing over 100 strikes per round, and he's, like, overwhelming you to the point where he gets TKOs by volume and just overwhelming you rather than, like, that
1: one-shot knockout power. And we have right? seen him do solid TKOs against Jose Aldo, too. True. Chris, that one is two, true. One two. Yeah, boom, boom. So he's got the power there, but Max is very reserved. He's very, he's all about volume. He does a great job at reserving his power. He's got the knockout power.
0: Championship five round we fighter. Yeah, yeah, we don't
1: see it often, but he's very meticulous and he's very patient and, uh,
0: you're right. You that know, does affect that power. He's he could do it, but he's reserving it for strategically.
1: I mean, that's why you can see this guy go into fourth-fifth round and just have an output like you've never seen. Like, you did the fourth round with uh, with uh, like you said Ortega. Opposite
0: of what we were talking about with Haas earlier, you know, you go out there and you just wing for the fences, you got one one and a half rounds, you can't maintain.
1: Yeah. I uh, I mean, Calvin Cater. I I honestly think I think the odds are fair. I thought it was going to be closer because for me, I'm still like, oh, I don't know. Um because I'm struggling to man. Calvin Cater could be the guy he could do to it. knock out Max I, Holloway. I think so. hundred percent I thought Poirier was going to be the guy to do it, but we saw differently. So that's the hardest part. We And we can't gauge Calvin Cater's power to Poirier. They, Calvin Cater could have more power than Poirier, and sure. we just don't know it. I've and that was at
0: 155. Him. So this is at 145.
1: You know? So yeah. And that wake cut could play a part going into five rounds. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, so, yeah. So. Anyways, I don't think we heard your exact. Your exact yeah, break. I
0: don't think so either. <laughs> okay, so I reserve my right to switch. I am going to lobby, obviously be watching the interviews, watching the weigh-ins, things like this. But it's at nine in the morning for us. So, it, uh, well, the the main the, the prelims start at nine. This is the, the main card starts at twelve. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think about like the time of day for them because it's not going to be. It's, I think they're also fighting like early in the morning. So. I don't know, man. All these different things. Can I would affect rather you.
1: fight early in the morning than have to fight later on. Yeah, that's when I'm.
0: I'm a night owl. I think I'd rather fight at night. But you never. I mean, over there, you go a week ahead of time. You're awake during the uh, night, sleeping during the day. Like your shit's all fucked up. So I don't know, man. That definitely has effect. At least they said it did uh, previously. Oh yeah, that's right. So. They're on Fight Island. I yeah. mean,
1: for me, I, 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 with all that anxiety and stuff, I would want to get it over with. Like as soon as I wake up, I don't want to wait all night. That makes sense to go fight yeah, so, like the morning time's like the best for me. Uh, all
0: right. official official. Uh, like I said, reserved the right to switch, Max Holloway by unanimous decision as well, and also calling it as my fight of the night. And I have to go back through the episode to see if we did the exact same thing this entire episode. That's that's just the way the cookie crumbles because I don't think too much about your picks in terms of making my own. A lot of times I th- try to th- make my picks in my head before we even record, right? So strategically, I might switch, we you know, later on down the road. But for now, I'm literally just going with yeah. my gut.
1: You're just hopping on the winter wagon. Uh, shut the <laughs> f-
0: <laughs> oh, speaking of winter wagon, speaking of the predictions challenges, speaking of the Wait, giveaway before you get there.
1: Oh, you already said it, right? Unanimous decision. Yeah. Uh, oh, giveaway, I guess And, I and you're risking. Two How points. Many, two points. That's what we're missing. That's exactly points. what I was going to do earlier, okay. so
0: I'm not going to change this vir- by virtue of the fact that you did it. Okay. Um, and so speaking of the giveaway, speaking of the $100 that's on the line, you guys suck. Apparently, I tried to do a giveaway when everyone else is getting their wallets padded by the government, and not very many people – I mean, I've, I've heard some suggestions, but no no ones that I would consider in good faith or legitimate ones. Like, you know, my girlfriend told me to go streaking and, like, shit like that. Like, we – so basically the point is, is you all suck, and I, I, if you're here, you're listening, and you'll come back next week, so I'm not worried about telling my listener base that they suck. <laughs> but um, Jose Nunez, man, you stepped up. You've been engaging the show every single week. You stepped up and agreed to uh, stick it out, at least do your best to uh, not miss any weeks, and uh, follow along and give us your picks each week for the Predictions Challenge. So 100 bucks is on the line, brother. If you win, if you beat uh, me, I guess me, so even if I, so if you get second place, if next year it goes the same way and I and I lose, but you beat me, then you win the hundred bucks.
1: And since everyone else is turds, I'm gonna jump in and throw in another hundred bucks.
0: Oh, see, if so, you-
1: all you guys who didn't want to pay attention now maybe now you'll be. Oh man, I wish I tried, boy. Guess what? Now Jose, you get a chance to win two hundred bucks if you beat him. If you beat me.
0: So if you get first place at the end of the 2021, that's going to incentivize you to not miss any weeks because if you miss weeks, you just simply don't get the points for them. So that's it's going to be hard UFC, to catch up. That's
1: like three and a half UFC pay-per-views because they're like 64.99 now. No matter who's <laughs> fighting. Oh, yeah, as far it's as the like, money. <laughs> they it could, it could be like the the uh, okay main event and then crappy, all crappy fights before that, but still 64.99. Oh, yeah, that's the It price. used to be like 54 bucks. 64 would be like... Uh, A McGregor fight. Now... uh, Well,
0: and then they did the... uh, They did Floyd versus Manny. It was 99. 99. Floyd versus Conor, I think, was also 99. 99. And, you know, I mean... 60 bucks. It's, it's, it is what it is. I'm not going to say much about this co- topic because apparently Dana's got some tricks up his sleeve for people That's like me. Illegal. If you know what that means, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, if you want to win 200 bucks, Jose, black you out. stick around. Make sure to give us your picks every single week. I told you, make sure to post and tag me before the fights happen on Saturday. I will be doing all the work of keeping tally. The uh, Obviously, the win loss tally for the week, the win loss tally for the year. Uh, make sure to give me your uh, amount of points you're betting on which pick you want for the fight of the night otherwise i do that for you and of course i'm going to do the one i don't think's going to win so uh but yeah jose thank you so much i appreciate you and all the people who are coming back each week and listening and Just as a consolation prize, if you go on Apple and iTunes, this is anybody now, if you go on Apple and iTunes and just give us any sort of a review, hopefully positive feedback, give us five stars, I got a special gift coming your way. So if you go on Apple and iTunes, give us a review. um, I'll get in touch with you. I'll get your shipping information, and I got a gift coming your way. Awesome. But that's it. That does it for this week's installment of the D Love Special Sauce podcast. Don't forget to turn the notification bell on, that way, you're on top of all the most current content. And while you're supporting us, a small independent podcast, make sure to go check out and support the small businessmen and women who support the show, just like you guys, by listening every single week. My boy Eden, eating Buttery Pancakes, I Get People Shredded on IG. Monique Taylor with StrongWomenDesigns.com. Nora, my girl, with DreamLoudCollections.com, Ricardo with Neighborhood Auto Care, Season with OC Party Rentals, Mac really Noodles, Hibachi Chef, Andrew Snyder with Holistic Healing Services, and last but not least, MMT Fitness. Check out their Instagram. Make sure to come and check out the gym. Exit the 5 Freeway off Avery Parkway. First class is always free. Make sure to tell them DLSS sent you. But until next week, same time and same place, we're out of here. Enjoy the fights.